Welcome to You and I. I'm Jackie Kai Ellis, and it's my genuine hope that through sharing our most vulnerable stories we know, in the moments where it matters so much, that we're actually not alone. It needs to be said, I'm not a professional, just someone with some personal experience to share. I do hope this is helpful, but as always, take the advice that resonates and ignore what doesn't. And don't hesitate to seek out professional help through a trusted source. We have resources on our website. For today's mini episode, I chose a question about loneliness, partly because the holiday season can feel so lonely for so many reasons for so many people. And I thought it might help to hear that you are in fact not alone. They write, how do you navigate through the intensity of aloneness? I turned 40 this year and on the eve of my birthday, I went through a devastating breakup. Although I've gone through breakups before and even a divorce, I don't recall this depth and intensity of aloneness that I've experienced since the relationship ending. Maybe it's because I'm older now, but the intensity of this feeling is sometimes overwhelming. While I do have deep friendships to lean on, and I have wonderful friends, it's not filling this longing for that kind of intimacy. I've been sitting in this discomfort, longing, and aloneness for 10 months. I want to know how to move through this. I feel secure in knowing who I am, but is this something I need to discover within myself, or is this feeling part of processing loss? Thanks, M. Dear M, when I was living in Paris, I had this beautiful, slow-paced routine that I still daydream about from time to time, especially now, when life for me feels extra hectic with a toddler and family in and out of my house all day long. Sometimes it feels like I live in a train station with tons of crowds passing through and everyone just leaving their garbage. Honestly, even though I wouldn't have it any other way, I do think fondly of a time where I could just find things in the same place that I left them and when there wasn't always something sticky on the kitchen counter. During this magical, nearing mythical time, I remember waking up naturally with sunrise after many hours of uninterrupted sleep. There was no one waking me up with their snoring, no one to play a blanket tug of war with. I'd luxuriate in bed, solo, in the middle, with a gratuitous number of pillows fanned around me. I'd get up with the lively music of Paris in the background, the honking commuters, the bike bells tinkling. I'd make a single cup of coffee ground in a mill by hand, and then sprinkled evenly into a filter with a perfectly patinaed silver spoon I'd bought at a brocante. I'd take a pause to appreciate the stillness while my coffee lazily dripped into a carefully chosen, ridiculously expensive mug that I felt quite confident owning because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that no one would ever lay their hands on this mug except for me. Some days I'd slip back into bed, still warm from sleep. On summer days, I'd sip on my coffee in the bathtub with the windows open. I'd listen to the news and feel the tingle of a breeze on my skin and sit in the warm water until my coffee was done. I'd eat unfussy but pretty meals for one. A thick slice of good bread with ripe tomatoes and herbs or an omelette scattered with chive flowers. Sometimes I'd sit in the crook of the window, people watching, and sometimes I'd eat over the sink. But wherever I ate it, I ate what I wanted, when I wanted. I'd work, Text, 
listen to music, do chores, and when the sun went down, I'd watch something on Netflix with a glass of wine and realize I had not said a word all day. Those were solitary, beautiful, peaceful, predictable years. But I was also incredibly alone and lonely. So lonely that sometimes those beautiful, solitary moments were painted ever so slightly bluer. Sometimes the beauty was just a reminder that I didn't have anyone to share it with. It had been so long since I had had a relationship that felt safe and comfortable. The kind where you and your partner have lived so many mundane moments together that you can say things like, what's the place down the street from the place I like the apple juice? Or you can say before leaving the house, I left the thing on the thing. And your partner replies, your cell phone is in my pocket. Now, like you, Em, I had wonderful friends, many of them, ones that are like chosen family. I had acquaintances, I had work, I had parties, I had hobbies, I traveled. I was always creating and learning something new. I had a strong sense of myself, my life, my passions, my strengths, weaknesses, and desires. But I understand you. I too still longed for this particular kind of intimacy. I remember thinking that I had lived such a fulfilling life that the only thing left that I truly wanted to experience before I died was the kind of love that's so quotidian that it would feel boring. The kind where you get annoyed by the silly things because everything big is in fact just perfect. Now I dated for years and years looking for someone I wanted to build this kind of connection with. I dated tall guys, short guys, young guys, old guys, men of all personalities, nationalities, backgrounds, you name it. I had never really dated until I was about 37. And so having little experience, I wanted to be open-minded and open to the idea that I could be pleasantly surprised by someone. I mean, I even went on a date with a woman who was really the best catch of them all, but it didn't work out because we were in very different places in life. And because she had this particular accent in French that I couldn't understand for the life of me, so I'd miss half of our conversations, which really just didn't work. After many years alone, I was often asked why I was still single. Some people offered that it was because I was too picky. Some said I was too independent. Some said maybe I was the common denominator and that there must be something I needed to fix in myself. Some said it was all timing and not distress, that the right person would come the moment I stopped looking. And still others said I needed to keep at it and keep dating. Deep down, I couldn't help but feel like maybe there was something wrong with me. That maybe I was getting too comfortable being alone for too long. Maybe it was something I needed to discover within myself, as you say, Em. Or I thought maybe I just wasn't destined to find love again, and that it wasn't necessarily what I had envisioned for my life, but that maybe I could also be okay with that if it were true. I guess I tell you all this, Em, just to say that I understand the pain of aloneness, and that you're not alone in that. That we can enjoy the beauty of solitude and also feel incredibly lonely. That we're human and wanting that kind of intimacy is perfectly normal. That the loneliness feels wrong and embracing it often feels like we're trying to force puzzle pieces to fit together when they don't. There's always a part that feels too tight and a sliver of a hole somewhere else. And that this discomfort provokes a lot of questions about what's wrong and how to fix it. I can't say I ever figured out the answers to my questions, even after a lot of soul searching. 
I never decided if it's true that some people are just destined to be alone and if I was one of them. Because even now, in my relationship, the kind that feels cozy and comfortable and boring and hectic and annoying and perfect, even now, I know we both feel alone sometimes. And I don't know if that's normal, if others feel that too, or even if it needs to change. I'm sorry I don't have answers for you. But whether it's something you need to discover in yourself or a part of processing loss, or if it's more acute now because you're old enough to know precisely what you want and feel more precisely the absence of it, whatever it is, there is no harm in curiosity, in wondering and observing. There's no harm in exploring it with a therapist or counselor. I do that regularly. But in case clarity doesn't come as quickly as you'd like, My only advice would be to do everything you can to make the loneliness bearable. Be kind and tender and generous and loving to yourself. Discover the things you love, things that inspire you, that heal you, that nourish you. Create routines that involve mugs that are way too expensive or not needing to utter a word if you don't want. Take baths while eating something scattered with an edible flower. Maybe for no other reason but that loneliness is hard and painful. And in the very least, we can make this solitude a little bit more beautiful. Thank you, M. I hope you got something helpful out of this. If anything, know that you're not alone. You see, we all struggle. We all mourn, yearn, question, laugh, and cry. No matter our age, background, or titles, at our core, we're all not so different, you and I. In case you missed it in the last episode, check out our next month's question on our homepage. If you feel inspired to respond to this asker and are interested in being a guest of this episode, or if you have a short word of wisdom for them, write to us on the contact page on youandipodcast.com or DM us on Instagram at youandi.podcast. And of course, as always, please submit your questions there too. They're completely anonymous. If you enjoyed this episode, like and subscribe to our channel, which helps others who might be interested find us. And feel free to share this episode with someone who may find it helpful as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jackie Kai Ellis, and this is You and I. This podcast was produced and edited by More Good Media.